Before I jump into this morning's episode, a few disclaimers. Number one, a lot of what I'm going to mention has been informed from documentation that has been achieved from asking a couple of pals to help me get access to them and it is based upon these particular pieces of information that some conclusions were drawn but they're not matters that i'm taking to heart as far as the racial biases and the racial uh, lines that may seem to be drawn these are all based upon the circumstances that came before and what i'm hoping we could fight against as time goes by that being said let's start the show It is the morning of the 2nd of October 2019. Good morning and welcome to PBE Daily, the early mornings and late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvombi. Thank you so much for taking the time to actually listen to this particular episode. I am supremely grateful for the fact that we've made it to the mark of 900 plus listens worldwide. I mentioned that before and I'm still living in the in the realm of I can't believe that I've been able to make something in the comfort of my own home and 900 times it's been heard by people across the globe. And for that, I'm truly, truly grateful. Thank you so much to Anchor for making it possible for me to even be able to do this and be able to get nine other platforms actually play along with me so soon so i think a lot of nines i think i'm going to be able to enjoy myself as a result of that this week i started with a bit of fatigue being involved and it's not in a bad way i'll put it this way i had a very well rested weekend and the monday was starting off with a, a, a boost of excitement like i felt like a primary school kid when he got his new toys and he got to sit down in the in the class and enjoy himself i mean i got a new tablet thanks to a friend of mine who decided to make me have the first refusal to, pur- to purchase the device and when i got the device it's one of those moments where you're sitting down in the office like it's like it's like when you were in primary school and you got your first geometrical set and you're like you know what today is the day i get to prove that i actually make and make perfect curves and maybe your math grade didn't actually show the the, the results of that particular piece of uh <laughs> tools being bought but it was actually fun to actually be able to have that device in my life and i'm i'm grateful i get to to do this in in, in any way shape or form now I have always been trying to get myself to be in a position where the material I actually speak on is is better informed and this particular episode was very, very dear to me in the sense of it was driven by certain things that happened in the past couple of weeks. Now, yesterday I addressed the fact that I don't like making episodes that appear as if I'm trying to troll or I'm trying to ride the wave of a specific conversation, but a couple of weeks back if i'm not mistaken there was this video that was going viral locally and it was a video of a certain kid sitting on on his penthouse and he was addressing um somebody who was talking to who was talking behind his back i think there's very little i know about kids arguing in in primary schools anymore but since they have the internet and they have access to platforms i think they're gonna enjoy themselves no matter what i did hint and touch on this particular topic before i think um very very vaguely but I, the reason why I was being vague about it is because I don't I don't blame the child for what he was saying because I think we're all victims of the circumstances of how we view the world during certain times and society will actually inform us on what we're supposed to address and how we're supposed to speak on these particular things. Take me for example. I came from the school of um, gangster movies, uh, gangster mentality. One of my favorite shows from the past, which I actually watched later than I was supposed to watch it, was was The Wire. And uh, I, I'm from the generation that Sopranos was actually a show that actually streamed on. on local television this is this is the school of thought i come from and when you come away from that and then you start thinking about how the world views itself and the world would like to be perceived and all that and you you try get the mentality from how those things go and even for me that i'm the guy who loved watching movies that have something to do with the d'artagnan and um the 
the three musketeers and all that uh, i come from that school of thought the knights of the round table and all that so there's there's elements of those things and be loyal to your friends and all that so my my frame of thinking was one thing and this kid's frame of thinking was completely another and when it came to what i was saying I, i didn't get angry at him i just started thinking about the things i had experienced weeks prior to even his video going viral and the thing that i remember was i remember sitting down at a, an award ceremony where i was invited to even give a, a short speech and give an award and i met a parent who the parent was a retiree from the education system she'd been having i think she had a, i think a 30-year career as a teacher and i was curious okay what has anyone taken the time to talk to teachers who are retiring currently has anyone taken time to talk to government uh, bureaucracy employees who are retiring currently has anyone taken the time to talk to um manual laborers who've been in the industry and, and even maybe climbed the ranks for the last 20 or so years all these questions the things i was asking myself and then the one thing that boiled down because this kid was talking about something that was happening in his school and the circumstances of his education was going to be put into compromise if he was going to stay in the school he was going to be expelled so that was the first thing i thought about but then i thought about well let's think about the education system and has the education system done things in favor of uh the people of this country and regardless of race and regardless of gender regardless of anything else outside of humanity so i i asked a friend of mine who is a local writer published and also helps other other writers put their stuff out and she passed a lot of information to me that was because I'm, I'm the first guy to ask do you have any information you could send to me that would help me better understand this particular topic i want to talk on because i would like for me to reach a level where even if i speak from uh passionate places when it comes to this podcast i'd like to have a bit of information inspire people to actually go back and actually look for this information themselves because yes this podcast is born of musings but in certain topics you still have to have a little bit of specificity if you will and this is one of those particular moments where I actually took the time to ask for help and I'm glad help was granted to me and I cannot thank her enough and she gave me uh, access to a couple of files and one of the files was uh, a book called Challenges of the Primary Education in Developing Countries it was written by Paul P. W. Achola and I hope I say this name right Vijian K. Palai and another piece of documentation that she gave me was a document by the World Bank called Implementing Implementing Educational Policies in Kenya it's by G.S. Eshwani and these particular pieces of information are are very closely related now the first book I mentioned uh, the book book by Paul P.W. Achola and uh, Vijian K. Palai basically touches on things that have always been in the back of my mind things I've actually thought of and by that I mean this in curiosity of how education came into being as far as this country of ours is concerned we are, we are products of what the colonial expansion was was for the british empire and i've said it before and i'll say it again i don't give a damn about victoria screw that chick i don't care why she came here because she her country couldn't really figure itself out i really don't give a damn about this woman i mean this woman controlled huge copious amounts of land and she never set foot in any of these particular pieces of land but then her people needed places to stay so necessity dictated so to a certain extent i'm also going to come back and revisit that particular topic as far as colonialism is concerned but i need to be better informed about that so let's stick to the education system for now from the book by palai and achola this is what i found out in the 1400s is when the in the, 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 the coming of Islam 
to, to the east african coast began and the, the thing about islam is from the jump it starts with education so madrasa was a very big part of the of the of the coastal region in the 1400s now in the 1400s that's the implementation of islam coming through now in uh, uh, 400 years later in the 1800s is when christendom came and in, through the, the east african coast not only did they bring christianity but they also brought formal education from the european system and when that was happening i think it was because based upon how the lessons they had learned in india from how they took over india and before they created the british east africa company and in India, they knew that they had to educate the people in the system that they wanted to use in order for them to be okay. And of course, to give them enough of an education to the masses to be able to have them used as manual labor. You need people who are able to actually pick things up and put them down and build things for, the, for you to actually use for the purpose of making your colony become powerful. Now, that being said, the education was actually given to based upon racial lines. Children of the colonial powers were actually given a proper education that would actually give them a better advantage in any situation. Now, the people who are the natives of particular lands were given an education that would just get them enough to read, write, and count. Because you, you have to be able to communicate with them so you can send them around. So they were basically manual labor. That's what it was in that particular state. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the initial stages of how things looked in India. Now, in Kenya, for the, for instance, things, things get a little different because the class line continues to change. The East African Railway had to be built. So the people who have been educated in the Indian system, in, in India for the education system that was made for that particular part of the, of the British Empire, they were given slightly a slightly higher edge. And yes, race was involved. So the Indians who were brought into the country and the, and the British uh, uh, residents were also given an education system that was slightly higher. So now the native Africans had to be given an education system but just slightly based upon just make them able to read, write, count and that's it. So you do have them in the, in the base of the education system. So it's basically the primary education system that's what everything was at the time so you make them able to read write and count and after you after that you don't really care about what they can do next and then the great the, the second world war happened and when the second world war happened things kind of changed to a great extent i mean the first world war i'm not certain if kenyans were involved in the first world war but we probably were and if we were it was very in a very minute position and it was because they the, the east african rifles i think really fought in the in the second world war not the first world war in the first world war were probably people who helped were supposed to just pick things up and put them everywhere and in the second world war they're they like okay we have all these people in these particular colonies that's extra manpower we don't want to kill our own people as far as the war is concerned why not just have the natives taught in ways of fighting and then take those natives and give them uh weapons so that they could actually fight in honor of our uniform because they don't have to know what the difference is they just know that anyone is not wearing the uniform you're wearing shoot that person in the face now the war happens, the war ends, and then they come back home. And now we have to change how things are going because India has now fought to the chance for it to be independent. The 60s is coming along. And the education system is now slightly being adjusted because now even African natives are being introduced into the parliamentary system for the colonies. And the education system still had an upper hand for the Indians who were in country, who stayed after the building of the rail. And... Uh, the education system had an advantage for the Brits who were in the system. Now, remember, schools were being built at this time. Some of these schools were go as far back as that, such as uh, Alliance schools, Alliance boys. I mean, that school has given at least, uh, us at least two presidents, if I'm not mistaken. Now, 
in the education system that they were being provided with they were given an upper hand to a certain extent depending on who they were because the first people to actually address this whole matter of having an education system being biased to the black natives of africa of, of, of kenya in particular were the people who fought in the king's african rifles so like you're going to get me to go fight your war but you're not going to educate my child to have an upper hand in the world you are, you are intending to create or the world you are attempting to create so the people who actually got the chance and privy to actual education that was close to that the indian student was getting or the children of the king's african rifles uh, home guards and uh, peacekeepers or collaborators if you will now that upper hand existed then independence came and before independence when ghana got its independence a, a, a council had to be created for to address how the world the world bank and uh, the united nations wanted to get ready for the kind of world that's going to be created after the second world war because independent states were being created all across the globe and africa was going to be next in that line whether people liked it or not and the education system they were going to give to the people of africa was very very important and had to be addressed in the perfect way so Addis Ababa, if I'm not mistaken, was the place where they had the actual conference where they addressed how the education system was going to serve the people of the now coming countries in Africa. Now, Kenya wasn't even an independent nation, but we had a chair on the table. We got to be in the room, and members of Kano were actually members who were actually in this room. It's one of those things where I actually say that sometimes there may be the reason why Kenya does not really feel so attached sometimes to that which is happening around it is because we are spoiled brats to a certain extent. We have been very, very lucky and we've been very, very protected. There are certain things we feel as if maybe we didn't really get independence the way we think, maybe we just shook hands and then we let things go the way they were supposed to go so that certain underbelly situations stay as they were. Kenya sometimes feels very status quo, but these are just my opinions. I'll probably formulate this even better when I get more information to read and, and more information to draw better conclusions on. So the education system then changed into what would serve a new formed country and a new formed nation. And a new formed nation requires manual labor and workers to actually till the land and build the cities, build the economies and all that. So the industrialism that was supposed to be made was requiring that people have an ability to not only read and write and count, but also to have certain technical skills. So now remember, the country is young. So the people who still have an upper hand, the people who actually worked with the British uh, uh, and were either in the armies of the British or were in uh, the bureaucracies of the British. So those are the first people who actually had access to this particular information. So the rest of the masses and the rest of the masses of the entire country, they too suffered these circumstances. And I also feel like even for the Indian populace in the country, they had the same class lines and class situations that happened in their side. I'm sure there's some people who are not giving their kids the opportunity to read certain books or the opportunity to actually get to a certain level of education. High school education in those days was very, very important because you could actually work probably in a bank or something as a bank teller and maybe i'm mistaken or maybe i'm not but i think these are things we have to really take into consideration as we go now that being said you look at the education system that was born in the year 1985 the year of my birth was the beginning of 844 system and the 844 system when i grew old enough to when i finished my high school education and the first thing i actually thought of at that time was this i feel the education system and this is before even i even read any book or anything these are just conclusions i drew for myself i feel this education system that is being served to me is to make me part of a particular labor force because this is what we were being told subliminally work hard in kindergarten to get to primary school 
work hard in primary school to get to secondary school work hard in secondary school to go to university or to college or to a polytechnic and work hard from that to get a job not to build a job not to make things from scratch oh no you're working hard to get you're looking to be employed that was the whole idea behind it but then the problem that actually faces the 844 system that was made in 1985 was this no jobs were truly being created the economy was suffering the people in the country were not trying to make everybody able to build the economy as they would like to because the education systems that were being built in the initial stages of this country was to make the country be able to be industrious enough for it to build itself industry is barely moving as it should every industry that has actually been given props has been an industry born from the people who are blackballed by the education system that existed and they built things for themselves i always find it hilarious that sometimes the governments that have served in this country will take pride in saying that the juakali industry is for them to be proud of no the juakali system was born off of necessity people decided to go macgyver and pick up pieces of metal and build things from it you cannot take props for something you did not help truly create if anything you created circumstances where people had no choice but to make the juakali system and these are facts that no one wants to address I've always been angry about that and even when I look at how my, my comic book work and my cartoon work, I'm very juakali about the things I do. A person asks me about something I'm able to do, I go, on, I go home, I sit in front of a computer, I type in a few things on YouTube and that campus called YouTube teaches me on how things are supposed to be drawn and how things are supposed to be created and thereafter I make work come to life. Now. When I began this particular podcast, I, I, I said that the, the, the class lines and racial lines played a part in the 1800s and 1900s as far as what this country is concerned. Do not forget that children born from the bureaucracies that existed and the aristocracy that existed at that time are still in power. As a result of that, to a certain extent, when I look at how the free primary education came into the system, and it's been, it's been almost, I think... 16 years since the free primary education system began in the NARC era and I think about the number of people I know who are literally just scraping and scrounging to make a coin come to life. When I think about these things and I think about how much they need to be addressed as far as us as a people saying you know what I don't think I can tolerate you treating us the way you're treating us or and I, and I mean this for every single person in the populace who actually lives hand to mouth and I, I, I'd i like to think I'm being successful but I'm also living hand to mouth. I've got debts to pay, I've got loans to take care of but they're not student loans, they're business loans and these small business loans that I've been taking I have to take care of them and to not be able to even sustain the securities that I'm supposed to have in industry is a big thing. I know friends who've lost work and jobs in the recent past and I'm talking as recent as three months ago because the industrial system that was supposed to be created by, by uh, the governments that came after is not working to our advantage. We are failing as a nation, we're failing as a people and the people being failed are being the, um, are the ones who are being mocked which makes no bloody sense to me. And the education system of this country, it is important for us to sit down with the people who actually taught in these education systems and ask them questions in a friendly and actual open way. Because if there's one thing I used to love about teachers when I was growing up is they'd give you testimonies of the students that they met who actually were successful. I don't know how many of them still use these particular testimonies after teaching for 16 years in a free education system where you have, you have so many students in your classroom and you're really trying as much as possible to get at least half, if not 10% or a tenth of these students to have success in the high in the high school systems and thereafter. But now 
even when you think about companies when they're coming in to say they want to make uh, industrial successes in making people become successful members of society the only place they go to is entertainment because the, the mistake being made is it is assumed it's easy to be successful in entertainment which is a lie and if you're going to push people's talents, who told you? And, and I'm addressing the members who are of society who are above the ages of 40. Who the hell told you that every person who is talented in this world is a person who makes the arts? There are people who are talented in math. There are people who are talented in, in literature and all that. But I'd like you to think about this. Would you or would you not love to sit down with one of the most successful members of society who either did actuarial science, architecture, and accounting and accountancy and sit down with these people and actually hear what they love about the things that they do i would love to sit down with that like if there's a reality tv show that i'd like to be made i'd like a reality tv show that actually walks me through how to fill my tax returns and and file my paperwork as far as that is concerned and teach me about the legalities of copyright law and all that i would like to be informed about these things because also i feel the education system was created in order for us to just know enough to make things comfortable think about it this way they never want us to know exactly how to make sure our taxes are paid on time we have to hire people to actually make them fill paperwork for us which i have a person who takes care of my accounts as far as making sure i have my tax returns filed in the early earliest part of the year before the year goes in, into into full swing now if they made us know exactly what was happening as far as the tax laws and how the taxes are being used as far as the remunerations that get to the country and the states the counties and the states itself would they not thereafter worry that we the people would have checks and balances we want addressed because think about it as your landlord when your landlord was giving you the lease to stay in the space that you're staying in there are terms in that particular document that they're supposed to adhere to and you always have to address those particular pieces of information in order for them to do their job if we treated taxes and the tax uh, collector the way we treat our landlord would this country not be towing the line marinate on that we shall revisit this particular topic on education and the different things that comes there after in a few in a future episode but i just had to put this one out there I had to just let, let blurt out everything i'd seen so far i mean i read this information in the last two day, two three days but i really dove into it yesterday and I, I wanted to record this last night and i'm glad i didn't because the passion that i had last night would have made it come off in a very bad tone with that being said say it with me be caesar or be nothing at all regardless of the terms of how situations of society have treated us we're going to be able to make ourselves even better as time goes by i'm just about to jump into some artwork and then make my way to the nine to five get some work done on that side if you're in nairobi tonight let's meet at the 4040 lounge i am going to be hosting the very last edition of pass the ox in 4040 lounge courtesy of martel blue swift we've got two two guys who are going to go head to head wakeba Whatever, sorry, whatever versus George, and we're gonna see whose playlist is gonna be the most fire. I'm gonna be there from around eight o'clock. We're gonna make sure we have a lot of fun together. Playlist for playlist, hitlist for hitlist. Hip hop lovers, come make sure you come have fun with your boy. In the Latin word currently used and enjoyed by my pal Daryl Uno.